Welcome, everybody, to The Psychologists Are In. I am Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And today we are talking about season six, episode five, Dead Man's Curveball, written by Bill Callahan and directed by Mel Damsky. Tim and I have some thoughts on this episode, and you'll hear more about our thoughts uh, when you listen to the episode. But please enjoy. Oh, and we cannot wait to see all of you in Seattle this weekend. I'm doing pretty good. I'm super excited to be talking about this episode, and but I'm mostly excited for what's happening next weekend. This weekend. This weekend. That's what I meant this weekend. We are going to Emerald City Comic Con, where you and I are going to podcast the shit out of it. We are going to podcast the shit out of Emerald City Comic Con. We are so excited about this. I'm very excited about this one. Plus, like, Emerald City, like, that's just a great name anyway for a city. I mean, we know from I, I Love the Wizard of Oz. What? For a long time, just because it is the hometown. Yeah. I've got a lot of, um, my guest list is already, I'm trying to pare it down a little because I've got a lot of family and friends. Gonna come. So Yay. We're going to have a great crowd in the room. Yeah. We'll have a great crowd and we'll have all the psychos and it'll be great. These hurt my, these hurt my nose. I'm actually going to leave them off. I can't find my other classes, Tim. I was just noticing you're not wearing your, your regular ones. I know. I can't find them. I don't know what happened. They, I lost them sometime in January, and it's crazy because I really hadn't left the house because of Linus. So I don't know. You do realize January was a while ago, wasn't it? Yes, they've been missing a long time, and I, I continue to look. I'm convinced that they're not gone. Have you checked your car? Yes. Every pocket, every everything. I have checked everything, and I know it's going to be one of those things that's like right under my nose. I'm going to find it. All right. Your friend. I love your crypto pink. Uh, yes. Merch. Decided to rock a little merch. I love the white one. I think it's fun. I think I'm going to wear one in Seattle. I cannot believe we're going to Seattle, Tim. This is so fun. I am so excited to, to get back to my home city. Yeah. Staying in a great area of town. One of my favorite areas of town, which we won't have a time to explore. But That's the funny thing about these cons to me is like, I literally am like, oh, cool. We get to go to all of these cities and we never see any of them. We are literally in a hotel and then the convention center and then back at the hotel and then back at the convention center and then we're on a plane. So it's kind of funny. Um, but uh, all the crowds are different. You know, you get a little different feel from the, from the crowds, which is nice. I can't wait to see my, my I can't wait to see my hometown peeps. Yeah, that'll be so cool. That'd be so fun. I hope we get to do a show eventually in Louisville. Tim, we would have to go a little early because we'd have to do a distillery tour. Like That's we would have. Yes, we. Are you kidding? You think I'm going? I'm going to the land of Kentucky Magic Water, and not doing a distillery tour with you. You're gonna have so much Kentucky Magic Water when we go to Kentucky. It'll be so fun, so fun. That It'll, show will be a little loose. Yeah, that, yeah, as it should be. You're in Kentucky. That's how it should be. Um, are you ready to help me podcast the shit out of this episode? I am so ready to help you podcast the shit out of this episode, Tim. But I do want to say something. Okay, I'll listen. About this episode. There's, there's an asterisk? Just an asterisk. Okay. I... I look, Go ahead. Mel Damsky. Like, killed it this season, right? Like, he is killing it with the directing this season. As okay. always. Right. So, n- we're not taking anything away from that. Uh, Bill Callahan, who we love, wrote this episode. 
Not saying anything there either. Fantastic. Callahan's very cute. Love that that was in there. We'll get to that. Um, Tim, I'm going to say something that might be controversial. Uh oh. Should I sit down? Oh, hang on, I'm sitting. <laughs> Not my favorite episode. Well, and, I'll tell you why. Because you and I were hardly in it. There was hardly any Lassie yet. You know what? I, I'm, I would say you're right. I would say you're right. But more than that, <laughs> there's so many great moments in the episode. But uh, I just, if we're going to keep it real, if we're just going to keep it real on this psychologists are in, um, we're going to keep it real. Let me um, addendum to your um, asterisk, which yes. probably, I agree with. Sorry, Stephen Chris, but um, yeah. I uh, I just say even though it may not be our favorite episode, I have in my very professional notes here a um, quite a few um, show firsts and season firsts. Oh, it's a big episode. There are so many good one lines. It's so, it's this is the thing with Psych. Is like. I feel like we go through these episodes and every single episode, I am completely blown away. The fact that we're on season six and this is the first time that I've said like, <laughs> like oh, is kind of insane. So I'm just going to say like, like it doesn't take away anything at all. I'm just keeping it real. I'm just keeping it real. So yeah. That's so there's still ladies, our darling listeners and sometimes viewers, if you're uh, on the Patreon, Patreon. I think mm-hmm. I'm and answer. you should be if you're not. Because you can see how how pretty Maggie looks right now. <laughs> Thanks, <Tim. laughs> That's funny. I still sound stuffy. Or, um, which really is the reason, the main reason to come to the live shows. Yes, it's super fun because we're in the same room and on stage together and we have a ball. But you could see how how awesome and beautiful Maggie looks at all the the uh, live shows when she gets all dressed up. And we're, try- we're starting to dress up a little bit more. I love us dressing up a little bit. I think it's really fun. And I also think... Um, uh, I love the sparkles we've been like. It's fun. It's fun. Who knows? You know what we're doing, Maggie? We're bringing sexy back to live show podcasts. That's what we're talking about. We're bringing the sexy back. We're bringing the sexy back to the live show podcast. That's what we're doing, and um, and you all are are doing it with us because I will also say uh, to the crowd in Atlanta, everybody looked amazing. Huh. Tim was not lying. That was a that was a not that was not planned. The Hotlanta, he really looked at the crowd and was like, this is a good looking group of people. And also in the best outfits. Um, anyway, so I mean, uh, if we're if we're if our next show's in Seattle, obviously it's it's my uh my stomping ground. There's gonna be some good looking Pacific Northwesterners there. That's what we're talking about. And we wanna see your outfits. We wanna see it. Bring it, bring it to the podcast. I'm expecting a lot of flannel. I'm expecting some uh, wool socks and, and Birkenstocks. I'm expecting some plaid, you know? I'm expecting some fleece, maybe some Patagonia. What am I wearing right now? I'm wearing, I'm wearing a flannel, plan flannel. Yes, but, 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 you know, you got the Sternbush happening too. So it really elevates the flannel. Yeah. We want to see a lot of psych flair at the Seattle show. Flair, like yeah, Friday. I love it. Yeah, TGI Friday Flair. Come on. All right, let's just uh, let's dive into this episode because I can't wait to hear the first and I can't wait to hear the other stuff. And um, look, again, not saying anything bad, but I'm being real. I'm keeping it real. Season six, episode five. Yeah. Every episode can't be gold because that's just boring. Here's what's crazy. This episode is still gold. It's just like a little uh, less bright shade of gold. 
<laughs> it's like a brass. Maybe. Maybe anyway. rose gold. Maybe, maybe rose gold. Yeah, maybe rose gold. We'll start a new category. We'll put the... <laughs> but I feel like when we've had some guests, I feel like, you know, James really keeps it real when he comes on. It would be rose gold. Ro- of course. Of course it's rose gold. How would you even... How could you even not call it? I do only have one drinking line in this one. So make it a good one. Prepare that that shot of pineapple juice or uh, Kentucky Magic Water or, whatever, or glass of whatever you're drinking. Yeah. Or, or your scoop of um, pineapple sorbet, if you are. Oh, um, yum. If you are sober and um, lactose intolerant. Yeah. Look, all are welcome. All are welcome to participate in this game. All right. Season six, episode five. Dead Man's Curveball, written by Bill Callahan, directed by Mel Damsky. Pineapple sighting. Absolutely not. Didn't get it. There's a pineapple shot glass at the bar. Anyway, we learned that young Sean was a former uh, bat boy for the Santa Barbara Seahawks. Flash forward to present day, and Sean plays a game of softball with the SBPD. How interesting you would say Seahawks, because that, of course, is my hometown football team. (laughs) I knew you were going to comment on the Seahawks. It's the Seabirds, which is obviously a uh, takeoff on the Seahawks. Yeah. Cal Easton, the, the star baseball player, is played by our dear friend, Michael Truco, who really desperately wanted to come join us for this episode. But ironically, he's currently in, well, not just Vancouver, he's in Langley on location yeah. shooting uh, Fire Country. Yes. Oh, and, cool. And guess where he's staying? Where? That could be hard. In the Sutton Place Hotel. You just gave away where Michael Truco is staying in, in, in uh, Vancouver. <laughs> He's like, all you need to do is Not hang surprising. out in the place. You can see an actor there. I did that he's doing an episode of Fire Country. That's awesome. I think he's, I think he's recurring on it. Oh, my God. Amazing. Handsome uh, Michael Truco. Killing it on TV. Yeah, he's doing great. He loves us so much. He was going to try and get uh, production to bring a Wi-Fi um, hub into, into his, and, do, I know. and do the show from his trailer. But he's working all day, so he couldn't do it. He's but so sweet. He sent his love to all of you. and. Um, we and love Michael. Fun fact about Michael: Michael is married to the um, stupidly, monstrously beautiful, amazingly talented, wonderful human being Sandra Hess, who was who is in Think Tank. Yeah, she's in Think Tank. She's amazing. They are the nicest people. I love her too so much. They are the absolute. Uh, they're like they, they would get like an award for the sweetest and most attractive couple on the planet. I totally agree. They're up there with the, yeah. the Silvermans. They're up there with who? The Silverman Finnegan couple. Oh, yeah. Like, come on. Come on. I have been feeling like my hair has been looking a teeny bit dull over the last few months. And it's been kind of heavy and not its normal bouncy self. And that is until I started using pros again. I had just run out of the product, but I've missed it so much. My hair feels like it's back. My hair feels happy. It feels healthy. It feels bouncy. It feels really good. We all know your hair and skin can sway your mood and impact your day in ways that you can't underestimate. I've never found beauty products that really understood my needs, but ever since I switched to a custom care and skin routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Healthy hair and skin, yes, but beyond that too. I'd say it's just overall like a bit more bright. It's just like, looks like my skin and hair, I feel like both got like a little lift. 
And that is from using pros. I feel more confident walking out the door in the morning. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. From millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely yours or mine. Take my custom shampoo and conditioner. For example, they were formulated to make my hair more manageable, shiny, and hydrated, and they deliver. I just got back from the gym. Somebody complimented my hair. And this is like a few times that this has happened this week. So pros isn't just better for you. It is better for the planet. They are a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool, which learns from my feedback, and it adjusts the formula to like keep up with the seasons and changes if I like you know, I'm flying somewhere. I go someplace else or whatever. Pros is so confident that they will bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash pineapple. That's 50% off. So you get a free consultation and then 50% off at pros.com slash pineapple. That's pros, P-R-O-S-E.com slash pineapple. And let me tell you, the packaging is so darn cute. You're going to want it on your counter. You're going to want it all over your house. It is so cute. Okay. Um, so little bad boy for the Santa Barbara Seabirds. Flash forward to present day and Sean plays a game of softball with the SBPD. Henry's the umpire and calls Sean out at home plate, um, us causing them to burst into a shouting match. Yeah. There's a fun um, Lassie throwback here. Oh, yeah? Of Lassie back in uniform from Sean gets the yips. Oh, All yeah. The, it's a Sa- different, it's an entirely different uniform. Yeah. No, I know. Say, is it, we, we, I had a, I think I was in, were we? You were in uniform too. Oh, no, no. Yeah. I was in uniform too. It's fun. I played softball. I played softball growing up. Anyway, there's definitely some leftover tension between Sean and Henry from his little league. Day. Yes. So having Henry being the umpire, of course, is the great Corbin Burnson. And this is a, a major shout out to his starring role in the great film, Major League, oh, the yeah. fantastic comedy of, the, of that era. Yeah. Henry ends up throwing Sean out of the game after Sean has a temper tantrum and throws home plate, uh, yelling at Henry to suck it. After the game, Sean is shocked to see Mel Hornsby, Mel, the manager of the Seabirds, walking toward him. Mel tells Sean that his bench coach, Grady Barrett, suddenly died of a heart attack. He believes there was foul play involved. Are you saying he might have been murdered? Well, that's what we're that's we're implying. That is what we are implying. Grady's system has amphetamines in it, and Mel knows that Grady would have never put his weak heart at risk by doing drugs. I have a fun insider insight for you. Um, Not about uh, greenies or amphetamines, but um, as Sean and Henry get in an argument, he brings up Michael Chiklis and the commish. Oh my God, that run, that was so funny. Which the fun insider insight is, while Michael Chiklis was shooting the commish in Vancouver, I remember one of the doormen once telling me that his his family lived there. Yeah, and he talked about Michael bringing in a Christmas tree for Christmas into his, his apartment and the resident the grand la grand residences, yeah. whatever, whichever part of the hotel he was staying at the time. But just the the lengths that actors go through when they're on location with their families to make it nice for them. So okay, Michael Chick was carrying a Christmas tree through the lobby of the Sutler's Hotel. That's really sweet. Yeah, I loved that show, The Commission. That was such a funny runner. 
Okay, this excites Sean and the fact that his idol, Cal, is back on the team. Oh, wait, hold on. Mel hires Sean to investigate and appoints him. Wait, did I say this? Yes. Mel hires Sean to investigate and appoints him as hitting coach for the Seabirds as a cover. This excites Sean and the fact that his idol, Cal, is back on the team is the icing on the cake for him. Sean gets Gus to join the investigation disguised as the team mascot, forcing him to suit up in an enormous flea-infested Seabird costume. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sean, as the uh, mascot is spot on gold now that is gold that is gold okay sean and gus go to grady's house there sean takes a, a swig of a sports water bottle sitting on a table in the living room that is unbeknownst to him laced with amphetamines he is left hyper and largely uncontrollable until the effects wear off. With Henry's help, Sean figures out that the sports drink belonged to the Seabird's top player, Izzy Jackson, and not to Grady. Their bottles got switched at hitting practice by accident. Yes. Matter of fact, so Izzy Jackson's number in this episode is 42, which is a tip of the hat to the great Jackie Robinson, who was number 42, who, broke, of course, broke the color barrier in Major League Baseball. Are you giving sports back? <laughs> who are you? I know, which I was going to say. So the fact that Lazar is in um, a, a baseball uniform was obviously very strange to me, as Maggie said in the um, Luck of the Hour <laughs> episode. You know, was, Tim doesn't do sports. No. And I think I've said this before in the Yips episode. Baseball was the only team sport ever played. But sadly, there was a day when I, I had to make the choice between audition for the play or try out for the team. Of course. That's what I chose. Of course. And you know what, Tim? Good on you to know that. Baseball has wept ever since. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. Baseball has never, ever been the same. Um, (laughs) He, uh, let's see. Um, Sean and Gus go to find Izzy at a bar that the players frequent. They determine that Izzy is clean and isn't the one taking the amphetamines to boost his performance on the field as they had originally thought. Then Sean and Henry put it together. Yes. I have a question for my co-star. Huh? What position did you play on the softball team? Two. I played second base and pitcher. I played two positions, but I was mostly pitcher. Well, how were you like, was this like hardcore? uh, hardcore No, it was not not fast pitch. It was sort of like pre the fast pitch movement. So it was still slow pitch. Um, (laughs) There was, there was like, I feel like fast pitch was around. And then all of a sudden it was the only softball. Um, like, so I, I felt like slow pitch just like kind of went into the background and maybe it didn't take as much skill, which is why I was a good pitcher. Um, but I had a whole Zen practice with my pitching that I, that I, that kind of worked, you know, I was like doing visualizations. I was doing magic of believing well, even long before I knew what that was. You were manifesting. I'd see manifesting on the mound. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and James was a big, big, big softball player, wasn't he? James played softball. Uh, do you, do you play with the writers? Remember when we had that writers game? Did you come and play or no? I we, was not invited because they didn't realize what they were missing out with me. The writers, uh, a lot of the, in LA, a lot of the writers rooms and producers, uh, have a softball league that they play in. So our writers, because they were in LA, were constant, were always playing in this league and on a hiatus, uh, I believe it was me, James and Todd went and uh, joined the team for a game. It was very fun. Thank anyway. very much. I'm not having me uh, be center fielder or whatever the hell I was. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like you were there. Um, anyway, so let's keep going. The Sean and Henry... Here's a little fun side fact. 
I just keep a, a baseball mitt on the, uh, the camera cart. And if we'd have a lot of time, yeah. Danny Mill and I would, would play catch out in the, mm-hmm. out in the, out in the lot. Yeah, it was fun. It's always good to have a, a ball and glove around. People will throw catch. It's still such a, an easy, fun, stress relieving. Love it. Anyway. Danny, do you want to go have a catch? And then, or sometimes it was, I know it was a football, which God knows I never touched. So I, yeah. I had my own. You what? <laughs> what is that brown oblong thing? But if there was a football, James would James would throw that. Yes, I mean, that was his, yeah. Okay, there's so there's a video circulating somewhere of Hensy throwing a ball, and I think Dulé with a rather wipeout catch somewhere that mm. a long time. But um, no, so we would just you know we'd yell car and wait for the cars to go, and Danny and I would would have a catch. That's nice. I love it. Uh, okay. Sean and Henry, it's nice. It's just nice. You know, it's America's okay. favorite pastime. Huh? Mildly pa- pa- patronizing. A little Tim, bit. Tim playing catch. Oh, that's nice. That's cute. Horrible. Look at you for trying to one of the guys in a ball. That was sexist. Look at you for being one of the, one of the, one to be, wanted to be one of the athletic types. Yeah. Um, Sean and Henry put it together that someone wanted Izzy off the team and tried to get him busted for the drug use by spiking his sports bottle. But who? They run into Cal Easton at the bar who relays to Sean and Gus that he would do anything to get himself back into the majors as a first baseman instead of a catcher as his knees are starting to go. But Izzy, the first baseman and star player, is overshadowing him. With Henry's help, Sean puts it together that if Izzy were caught with the drugs in his system, he would be suspended, thus creating an opening for Cal to take Izzy's playing time. Sean approaches Cal during batting practice and accuses him of trying to drug Izzy, but Cal denies it. Sean gives a great I believe speech. And I have some fun psychic predictions and a season first. Go on. There's a season first Val Kilmer reference. Oh, yeah. We haven't had all- oh. And there's then there's a psychic. Um, well, no, it's, it's not a psychic prediction. It's an insider insight. He also references the first season of Silk Stockings, <laughs> which he should have said the sixth season of Silk Stockings, because that's the episode that I guess are on a decade prior to starting Psych, my one episode of Silk Stockings, sadly, was my one. <laughs> I love that you did that. Everybody and back else? back then, everybody had to do with Silk Stockings. <laughs> did they? <laughs> well, I mean, there was, um, if you look at the earlier days of IMDb, there's some. No, I know. A lot of people did that show. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Gust. Okay. Then Gus, dressed in his mascot uniform, tries to tap dance for the audience, but they boo him until he does the worm again, which is just a funny delay killing it with the comedy. These like last several episodes back in the dugouts. I mean, and James always, um, but I feel like delay is bringing some physical comedy and some silly, silliness that is just, there's also a great meta movement, meta moment. Uh huh. Dulé saying, I'm a classically trained tap dancer. Yeah. Having to do the Macarena, which of course we know that Dulé is a classically trained tap dancer, which I love that. Back in the dugout during the game, general manager of the team, Neil Stillman, steps in and asks why Izzy isn't playing. Mel says it's because of Izzy's attitude problem, but the GM... Oh, did we, have, we not, have we not talked about Danny Glover? 
We have not talked about Dunning the great oh Dunning. Like, like we have to yeah, just a whole giant shout out. Like, such a nice guy, and also so very cool. Also, I thought it was funny that his name is Mel in the episode, which is probably named for Mel, our director, but also is funny because of the movies that he did for a long time with Mel Gibson. Anyway. Uh, I, I, never, I didn't connect the Mel Gibson part. Of course, the Lethal that Weapon. Yeah. Um, I, was a little the- Daniel, I love those, those Lethal Weapon movies. Me too. Me too. Um, fun fact. We just had a Lethal Weapon with, um, with um, Sean Saves Darth Vader, another Lethal Weapon reference. Oh, yeah. Diplomatic community. Fun uh, psych premonition. I did the last season of Legal Lethal Weapon when it was a TV show on uh, Fox. Yeah. On Fox. Uh, on Fox. Back in the dugout during the game. Oh, we already did that. Okay. Um, makes clear once. Is he, hmm? When the GM shows up, then Danny yells, uh, Jackson, you're, you're pitching, you're batting for Henzi. Of course, he shout out to our great producer, oh, yeah. Chris, our different Chris Henzi, the great Chris Henzi, who is. Uh, I love that. that we, we love. We got Chris in there. We need to have him on again soon. We miss him. Um, also, I noticed on the uh, when Izzy was going back in the game in the locker room. If you notice the roster, uh, there's a Jaycott on there uh, as well. So anyway, um, we love getting Carlos Jaycott into episodes. We just love it. That's back um, to episodes with with Jaycott references. Yeah. Yes. That's yeah. We love him. All right. And with that, Izzy is put back in the game. All right. Sean watches Izzy at bat. Sean predicts the next pitch and is spot on. Sean predicts the following pitch. And Mel, impressed by Sean's abilities, tips the third base coach, who then signals Izzy uh, what the next pitch will be. As a result, Izzy hits a home run. And Sean sees Izzy making eyes at a fellow player's wife who is sitting in the stands cheering for him. Sean then thinks it must have been this particular player that found out about Izzy sleeping with his wife and tried to get him suspended. Sean decides to tell a few of the players on the mound about this during the game. I'm smiling because this part made me laugh so hard. <laughs> and who, um, there's a great um, psychic prediction in this one. He, mm. call, he calls the uh, the pitcher Rodriguez, mm-hmm. of course, as we know, is James's first name, and now has gone back to using James Rodriguez. Rodriguez. Yep. Um, so Sean's theory uh, backfires that he learned when he learns that the entire team has been sleeping with each other's wives and girlfriends. An enormous brawl ensues. Mel lectures the entire team for their crazy behavior on the field. The general manager fires Sean from the team and replaces him with Wade Boggs. In, <laughs> let me catch up. Right after the brawl, there is a... This, you're all going to have to pull the car over for this one. This is a series first. Mm. Pull the car over. You know what to do. Put the treadmill on, on a safe walking speed. Climb down off the ladder. Because there's a shot of Henry and the beautiful Juliet O'Hara in the, in the stands watching. And Juliet O'Hara is wearing a, a butterfly print blouse. Yeah. It is, it is so not um, hardcore detective Juliet. No, it's the weekend. I'm also reading a magazine because I'm really bored. Did you notice that? I'm literally reading a magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it's very funny. In the spirit of self-care, today's sponsor, OneSkin, is here to help you simplify your skincare regimen. Founded by four PhDs dedicated to skin longevity, OneSkin proves you don't need a complicated routine to achieve better skin. Their topical supplements make it easier to help your skin stay younger and healthier without all the extra steps. The secret? 
OneSkin's proprietary OSO1 peptide. It is the first ingredient scientifically proven to reduce the buildup of senescent cells, those notorious zombie cells that contribute to skin aging. Fewer zombie cells means younger looking skin with fewer lines and wrinkles, reduced age spots, and a stronger natural barrier, something that's especially important this time of year. Your skin does so much for you. Return the favor with OneSkin. For a limited time, our listeners will get an exclusive 15% off their first OneSkin purchase using code PINEAPPLE when you check out at OneSkin. Invest in the health and longevity of your skin with OneSkin. I have been using their face and eye cream for a while now. Let me tell you, they're the dynamic duo. I love the light moisturizer and how it feels moist all day. I absolutely love it. My skin never dries out. I have to say lately, a couple of people have mentioned to me, if I do say so myself, that my skin has been looking great. They were like, what are you doing? And this is the only thing I've changed. So there, there was like proof for me. But I also, I I love what it's doing on a cellular level as well. OneSkin combines tissue engineering, data analysis, and cutting edge longevity science to create the world's most effective product to target skin aging. OneSkin believes the purpose of skincare is not to improve how we look, but to optimize our skin biology so that it is more resilient to the aging process. They create next level skincare. OneSkin is more than skincare. It's about skin longevity, targeting the root causes of aging to help you look and feel your best at every age. Get started today with 15% off using code pineapple at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code pineapple. After you purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them that we sent you. Please, please, please. It is time to expect more from your skincare routine. Invest in your skin with OneSkin. You will not regret it. I love their products so much. Okay. Uh, Mel enters the, da, 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 the general manager. Fire Sean on the team and replaces him with Wade Boggs, the actual uh, baseball legend, Wade Boggs. I'm so, an inside here. What? This is the second time in my career I I had done an episode with a major league baseball player. Mm-hmm. Because early in my career, when I was doing back in when I was doing medicine ball, the great Ken Griffey Jr. guest started on. Oh, that's and, cool. And medicine ball shot in Seattle. My hometown. Right. And um, mm-hmm. of course, um, Ken Griffith Jr. played for the Seattle Mariners, which even though I don't do sports, I was a junior Mariner, believe it or not, which meant yeah. you just really signed to be a kid who got, um, oh, like, that's you, you get a free uh, batting glove. And I still have my, I got a little, helm, little Mariners helmet one day. That is so cute. That is so cute. I love it. I decided to get to work with a, a, a Mariner. And two major, two uh, 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 professional baseball players. Okay, as Sean is leaving the locker room, he sees Izzy dead on the floor, whacked on the side of the head with a baseball bat. Mel is the first suspect interrogated at the SBPD, and Sean is the only one who believes Mel didn't try to kill Izzy, or didn't kill Izzy. Like he was murdered. Henry, Juliet, and Lassiter are not convinced. It turns out that they found a bag of, of amphetamines in Mel's belongings. Sean knows it wasn't Mel and gets Woody to help to confirm it. Woody, Woody tells them the person who... Another, I'm sorry, I was off a minute. We uh-huh. missed the series first. Wow. And what? In addition to you reading a, um, a magazine, it's for the first time that Juliet gets the Snyders of Hanover pretzels. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. Uh, That is cute. Woody tells them that the person who hit Izzy with a baseball bat struck hard and fast and at a certain angle. Sean looks at the report and the bat used to kill Izzy was a size 35. Now, Sean... I have to give our fans a gift. So while or 
you can choose whether or not you choose think it's a gift. While we're in the SPPD, Lasseter is back in Sapphire Bottle Blue, which means it's time for a drink or a scoop of whatever your your whatever you libation you are um rewarding yourself with. Now Sean thinks that it was Cal who killed Izzy because the murder weapon was a size 35 bat, and he believes that Cal is the only player on the team who uses that size. Sean confronts Cal and gets confirmation that it was not Cal, but it turns out that Cal is leaving to go to Oakland to play in the majors again. Uh, Sean finds a way to continue his investigation in the team's locker room by disguising himself as a mascot. Sure, have we done the whole... Uh, very what, funny. Scene? The which one? The whole Woody scene. Woody with yeah, the water. We're past, we're past Woody. Okay. Well, I'm going to go back because this is a fun one. Insider insight. After, after Kurt, thank God he showed up in this episode because he's so funny. Yes, I know. <laughs> the watermelon. He he else nailed it. Nailed it. Which insider insight for our show? After whenever our crew would really hit a a uh, execute a technically difficult uh, shot, one of them would go nailed it. Yeah, and then someone else would follow up with didn't totally screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, insider insights of the crew and and the, the silliness we would have on that show. So it wasn't just the actors having the silly fun time. It was a crew of all. Everybody had a good time. Nailed it. it Sorry. (laughs) Sean finds a way. Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, He's now the mascot. Sean finds Izzy's contract and envisions the words bonus pay after time at major league level and then must be traded or promoted after. Or he's Sean Visions. What's that? You said he envisions. Which is he saw envisions or envisions. Yes, correct. Must be traded, promoted after 60 games. From there, Sean puts it together that it was the general manager who tried to have Izzy's contract suspended by planting drugs in his system. But his plan backfired when Grady accidentally ingested the drugs instead. The GM made the mistake of signing Izzy to a $12 million contract, one that he would have to pay in full if Izzy couldn't hit a curveball, which he discovered as the season wore on was indeed the case. When his attempt to get Izzy suspended by the flunking a drug test didn't work, the GM desperately tried to trade Izzy to another team before having uh, to shell out the $10 million bonus for being promoted to the big leagues, a bonus that was guaranteed after Izzy played 60 games in the minors. And when there were no takers, the GM decided to kill him and collect the insurance so the team wasn't out of money and he could keep his job. I mean, it's good. It's elaborate and it's good. But during the final stretch... That team is a dastardly murderer. Yes, correct. During the final showdown, the GM finds out that Sean and Gus are on on to him and holds them at gunpoint. Luckily, Cal shows up because he had a hunch about the GM being the culprit, but he only brought a baseball bat. The Then Wade Boggs shows up and the GM tries to run away. But before he can escape, Henry knocks the GM out and saves Sean, Gus, Cal, and Wade. At the end, the boys play around on the field and Sean hits the ball only to have it land in the fans' seats. Then Henry takes a swing and hits the ball out of the park. Finally, Sean and Henry make up all thanks to the amazing game of baseball. There is our episode. <laughs> we did it. We did um, it. Yeah. And Tim, so such great notes you took. And so many, like, there were so many fun. There, as always with Psych, there's so many fun uh one-lines and silliness and everything in this. Um, but we have some fan questions. Bring Ooh. them on. What would you steal from your favorite athlete as a souvenir? Let's see. Oh, because that's part of the episode. Um, what? I mean, who's my favorite athlete? I don't even know. I mean, who's the greatest? Like Michael Jordan? 
Um, shoes. What do you think, Tim? Um, I would steal Reggie Jackson's bat. Hell yeah. There's a personal story here. You stole Reggie Jackson's bat? I'm not going to admit this on the air unless we cut it out. No, so when I was a junior mariner, because in my dad and I, we, that's the only way the games we, we didn't go to Seahawks games were too expensive. So we would go to Mariners games because being a junior mariner, you got a discount on games. And one day, like one of the highlights of my youth, I got randomly picked to be um, a bat boy, which was, or to advertise bat night, which meant I got to run down the field. I was like one of 10, 12 year olds picked to like run down. <laughs> The first, the first baseline and like stand there and swing a bat to demonstrate, it's, hey, it's bat nights coming up, everybody. And I still have that bat. And I, I specifically wanted to run down um, first baseline because it meant I got to run. We were playing the, the, the Yankees that game. And I got to run past Reggie Jackson. Stop it. With a bat. And I just thought it was so damn cool. And Reggie's going to go, hey, who's that? Who's that 12-year-old kid with the bat? That is cool, Tim. <laughs> That's so cool. <laughs> dumb. I love that story. No, it's not dumb. Um, I love that. And you got Reggie Jackson's bat. Um, okay. Was this episode inspired by the psych writers softball team? I don't know that, but I know that that team existed for a while and they were pretty good. And I had, I got to play with them and it was very fun. And I think you were there too, Tim, but I can't, I can't remember for sure. Um, well, thank anyway. you were pretty good, even though I wasn't there, but you know, I think you're saying I was there. You were great. You were amazing. You're best player on the team. You had a grand. <laughs> Slam and you won the entire tournament. All right. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if this was just like a baseball inspired episode or if this was actually from the or softball inspired, but my guess is yes. My guess is knowing the writers, they like were playing softball one day and they were like, Oh, let's make an episode around this. So I'm gonna go with yes. I I would concur and say I agree with my my co-host. The answer is yes, it was. <laughs> the answer is yes, we're going to make an executive decision. Did you guys actually play ball or did you use stunt doubles? Um, actually played ball. Duh. I'm almost like insulted by the question. Look, they saw me in uniform and they, they'd they seen me playing catch <laughs> with Danny Miller in between shots. And they went, oh my gosh, we've got to get Tim doing, doing sports on, on camera. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, that's very funny. And it's for all, all of humanity. Tim playing sports on camera. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. It's good. That's the place where we, we make believe, right? So like, yeah, <laughs> it's good. All right. Did you guys actually play ball? Oh, no, we already did that. Favorite part of filming this episode? I don't remember it. We're hardly in it. Probably my hair because your my hair, hair in that in that butterfly um print blouse, your hair was particularly fantastic. I don't like it curly and my hair's kind of curly, it's kind of up, it's kind of like that. It was looser. Um yeah. It it matched your your weird casual print in uh, your puffy sleeve blouse. <laughs> it was very weird. Very off for Julia. Well, that's actually not true. I've I I on my off time, I, I am in some puffy sleeved things quite a bit. So not that off, but I, I I don't remember a lot. I don't remember anything. It's not true. I actually do remember being on that field. I remember being at that seabirds field and I like I liked that. I remember Sam, I remember being at the field and being excited that Danny Glover was also on, oh, on that. The coolest ever. 
Like that was so cool. We had Danny Glover on set. That was very cool. Um, who is the best baseball player in the cast? I mean, Rodriguez, right? I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have seen him play, although you say it was at that top old game. No, I think Rodriguez. Followed by a close second, Margaret Cassidy Lawson. Followed by me. Baby. Yeah, I would say I would say I'm a close second. <laughs> I'm a I'm a long distance second. But uh yeah, Rodriguez for sure. Um yeah. So, if I can dig up uh I didn't go in through my office recently. I just found my old uh, baseball team um picture. So I'm gonna see if I can oh see if God. I can find one I've got just, some too. Just to prove that well, you looked you would have looked much cuter than I did. I don't know. I think I look kind of funny, but uh, uh, we gotta we gotta pull this out. That would be funny. That would be fun to to post. That'd be fun to share. Um, and that's our episode. That's it for the fan questions. And I think we did a pretty good episode. With I mean, you had some great notes. Way to podcast the shit out of this one, partner. Really, we did. We did podcast the shit out of this one, and, and I feel like it's good. You know, we maybe we needed a little like chill factor before uh, jumping into. Uh, Jumping into Emerald City. We need to rest up, you know? And then followed by Richmond and uh, Indiana, where we're going to do some... Um, so Richmond, let's just tell them now, we're doing um, a psychotic episode, In for a Penny. Oh, so excited. A and? Huge, a huge O'Hare episode. Yeah. Which is Big why... We're, we're so excited about that. Um, do, we know, do we know what Indy is yet? India is, is the Dow of, of Gus, I believe. Oh, that's right. That's right. And what is uh, what is Emerald City? Is Sean interrupted? Oh, so good. Okay. <laughs> that's a fun one. It's so good. That's so fun. Oh, my God. Sunshine Coast. Oh, my God. Remember all that? Oh, so fun. Save those stories for on, for on, for on stage. Yeah, we'll save those stories for on stage. Now I just feel like all we need to do is rest up and pick our outfits for uh, Seattle. I will text you immediately once I... Uh, <laughs> Me too. Me too. I got to narrow it down. All right. Sweet. We'll see you psychos on... Uh, we'll see you psychos in a couple of days. And um, and that is Dead Man's Curveball. And we're going to... We'll pick it up next week. And thanks for hanging with us. And thanks for letting us be real. Real, real. Real, real, real. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our very honest episode of The Psychologists Are In. And those of you coming to Seattle, we can't wait to see you. And those coming to the future cities, other cities, we can't wait to see you as well. Thank you all so much for supporting us and for being in Atlanta with us. And yay, we're just getting started. Okay. Thank you, Psychos. We love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.